Hello, this is Jerry Hendricks. And Adrian Hendricks of Save One More Now Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God and to human life than to bypass, by ignorance or rejection, His salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Have you ever watched people on the street being interviewed or asked a person if they are a Christian? I have, and while I don't remember the exact responses, they generally went something like this. Well, I go to church, or I attend such and such a church. Going to church, regardless of where it is, does not make you a Christian. Well, they may say, I'm a good person. Being good, whatever that means, does not make you a Christian. Well, I have a friend that I hang with, and he or she is a pastor. But being friends with powerful, influential people, even the president of this country, or a pastor of a church, does not make you a Christian. You may have heard, well, I live in the United States, so I think I'm a Christian. Living in the United States, which was once regarded as a Christian nation, does not make you a Christian. Well, I think I am a Christian. My mom and dad are Christians. You are not a Christian because your parents are or were Christians. You may have heard, well, I believe I am a Christian. I do a lot of good charity work. Doing good works does not make you a Christian. I am a Christian because I said the words to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Well, that is an excellent start, but is your life truly surrendered to Him? Has there been a change in your life? Without really giving your heart to Jesus Christ, that is, accepting Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you're not a Christian. You said the words, but has your heart changed so that you look, you act, and you talk like Jesus? Romans 13 verse 14 tells us, But clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh, putting a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires and its lusts. Have you clothed yourself with Jesus Christ? You see, generally speaking, I believe that we have made being Christian no big deal. By telling others all they have to do to accept Jesus is to say certain words, we have cheapened the decision to follow Jesus Christ. It must be about a change of heart and life and not just words. What I see, because I've done it, is that we can say we believe in Jesus and then live any way we want. We can lie, I did. We can steal, well, I did. We can take advantage of people. I did. We can look just like the world. I did. And why? Because it is cool. Everyone else is doing it, and we don't want to appear odd. It seems that many people who call themselves Christians believe and act as if being a Christian shouldn't cost them anything. They can simply live just like before and engage in all the deeds of darkness that are discussed at Galatians 5. However, I decided years ago to get serious about the Lord, and He is ever working to transform me. I know now that being a Christian will and should cost me everything, because as a Christian, I was purchased with the priceless, spotless blood of Jesus Christ. I am no longer my own, and I now have the promised eternal life with the Heavenly Father. I now have a different walk, and I have a different way of living. 
my conversations at home when no one else hears me, and when outside when everyone can hear me, are different than before. My interests are becoming more like those of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I love him, and my delight is to become what he wants me to be and to do all that he asked me to do. I gave him my heart, and he is making it new. I am actually a new creation in Jesus Christ, and he has so much more to do in me as I learn to live a total surrendered life in him. A while back, my wife and I met a couple, and as we talked, the wife spoke of how giving her heart to Jesus Christ cost her everything. Her husband told her to make a choice, either him or Jesus. Well, she chose Jesus and had to leave home. She was homeless for a short while and suffered abuse, but she didn't give up on Jesus and Jesus didn't give up on her. Jesus kept his promise to never leave nor forsake her. Now, there are some questions that each of us must answer individually. They are part of a song we will hear later. The main question is this, is there a cross in your life? Let me be clear, I'm not talking about trying to undo what Jesus Christ has already done. I'm not talking about putting Jesus back on the cross. Here are the questions. Is there a point in your life when Jesus Christ turned you from doing what he says is wrong to doing what is right according to the Word of God? Is there a point in your life when Jesus Christ turned you from walking in darkness to walking in the light? That is, walking with God himself so that your life was totally open to everyone looking at you and you were being led, guided, and directed by the Holy Spirit. Is there a point when you knew that you had become a new creation in Jesus Christ, when you had truly given your heart to God and trusted Him to be your only hope and only salvation? These are questions only you can answer, and it's critically important that you know the answer. And for a true Christian, they should all be answered with yes, because our eternal salvation contrary to what is said and promoted in some places, is in nothing else and in no one else but a change of the very nature of our inner selves that conforms to the nature of God's perfect man, Jesus the Christ. I ask these questions, even though Jesus' return could be soon, we may leave this earth before then, and we must be ready. Some will start their journey to eternity today. So are you ready? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? If so, then the cross of Jesus Christ must mean something. It must mean something that is very special to each of us. It should mean that the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you and me washed away our sins. And when he, Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God, was crucified, it must mean something to us. It should mean that by sharing in his death and resurrection, we are free from the chains of slavery to the very nature of sin. We must understand that the cross of Jesus Christ showed us love that this world has never known before, nor would otherwise ever know, so that we might partake in the holiness that is required to live eternally with God our Father. It was by means of the cross that God put to death the sin which would separate us from him forever. The Lord has placed urgency in my heart to spread the message of eternal life with him, to spread the message of light which is only in him. 
At 1 John 1, starting at verse 5, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So if we say that we enjoy fellowship with him when we live and move and are walking about in darkness, we're both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents. But if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses. It removes us from all sin and guilt and keeps us cleansed from sin and all its forms and manifestations. Has that change taken place in us? Let us all take time to check ourselves out. How are we doing with Galatians 5 regarding the deeds of the flesh, which really are deeds of darkness? You know, all of those things that we as Christians aren't to do or even want to do because of the new life in Jesus Christ. We find at Galatians 5, starting at verse 19, people's desires make them give in to immoral ways, filthy thoughts, and shameful deeds. They worship idols. They practice witchcraft. They hate others and are hard to get along with. People become jealous, angry, and selfish. They not only argue and cause trouble, but they are envious. They get drunk. They carry on at wild parties and do other evil things as well. And Paul goes on to say, I told you before and I'm telling you again, no one who does these things will share in the blessings of God's kingdom. Now doing these things means that you will spend eternity painfully and horribly separated from our Heavenly Father. Well, let's move on. Let's see how are we doing with the fruit of the Spirit. Starting at verse 22 of Galatians 5, God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-control. Is our walk, our way of life, reflecting our new life in Jesus Christ? We should all do this checkup, get right with our Savior, and quickly deal with any and everything that is out of line. We need to be ready to meet Jesus Christ, and again, for some, that meeting could take place today. Jesus says in Matthew 25, verse 13, To watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Are you ready? You see, what I've observed is that we are down with the Christian lingo. But at the same time, many so-called Christians treat people badly, a deed of darkness. We look down on those who are not like us, a deed of darkness. We pay special attention to those we consider important, but have nothing to do with those we consider to be less important. This is idolatry, a deed of darkness. We think it is okay to kill God's human creations, babies, because having a baby simply is not convenient. So we kill babies, a deed of darkness. We promote same-sex unions, caving to groups that promote behavior that God says will earn them a place in the lake of fire. This is even supported among some of the clergy, the priests and pastors, deeds of darkness. The motto of many that we look to as role models and leaders in this country is, get all you can, can all you get, and set on the can. For many in this country, material gain and power have become the gods of choice, which is idolatry, a deed of darkness. Also, being a Christian is embarrassing to many, we don't want to be identified as Christians. We want to fit in. Idolatry. The world is our God. A deed of darkness. 
We fear people of power and are cowards when it comes to standing up for truth that comes from God's word. This is idolatry, a deed of darkness. The Lord says in Matthew 10, starting at verse 32, Therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before men and confesses me out of a state of oneness with me, I will also acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven and confess that I am abiding in him. But whoever denies and disowns me before men, I also will deny and disown him before my Father who is in heaven. Now, let me tell you, I was guilty of most, but not all, of these sins listed above. Yes, even murder. When I pressured my wife Adrian into having an abortion early in our marriage, long before I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I know that our baby is waiting for us in heaven. It does not matter how we look at it. Abortion is murder, the murder of innocent babies. The Lord has forgiven us, and he stands ready to forgive you too. I know he will extend forgiving grace to a truly repentant heart. Is that you? So I repeat the questions. And every question has to do with our hearts. Is there a point in your life when Jesus Christ turned you from doing what he says is wrong to doing what is right according to the word of God? Is there a point in your life when Jesus Christ turned you from walking in darkness to walking in the light? That is, walking with him so that your life was totally open to everyone looking at you as you were being led, guided, and directed by the Holy Spirit. Is there a point when you knew that you had become a new creation in Jesus Christ? When you had truly given your heart to God and trusted him to be your only hope and salvation? So where are you with God? It has nothing to do with where people think you are with God. We are good at putting on fronts and good faces before others. But where are you truly with God? Before you answer, be aware that God knows where you are. So be true to yourself. His desire is that we be one with him. And in him, there is no darkness at all. He is light and we are to walk in that light. Philippians 2 at verse 15, we are to show ourselves to be blameless and godless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish that is faultless and unrebukable in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation that is spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom we are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world, holding out to it and offering to all men the word of life, so that in the day of Jesus Christ, we may have something of which exultantly to rejoice and glory, and that we did not run our race in vain or spend our labor to no purpose. We all must get ready, and we must get right with God today, because tomorrow is not promised. And with each passing hour, we all get older and draw ever closer to eternity. So where will you spend eternity? For those in Jesus Christ, we will spend eternity with him. He has removed the sting of death, and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That 1 John 1, verse 8, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. When you accepted Jesus, was your heart changed? Remember, the Lord looks at the heart. 
He knows your thoughts. He knows every single thought. Nothing escapes him. The Lord misses nothing. At 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In Jeremiah 17:10, I, the Lord, search the mind. I try the heart, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. At Isaiah 29, 13, And the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds far from me, and their fear and reverence for me are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition without any thought as to the meaning. In other words, we give lip service, honoring and obeying our cultures and traditions, which appear to be more important than honoring and obeying the Word of God. Can we be as David when God said in Acts 13.22, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will and carry out my program fully? Are we pursuing the heart of God? Can we ask the Lord as David did in Psalm 139, starting at verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Are we ready to confess and have heartfelt repentance for our sinful attitudes and deeds? The Lord is waiting, ready to forgive, ready to cleanse, and ready to make new. As David says to the Lord in Psalm 51, You desire truth in the inner being. Make me therefore to know wisdom in my inmost heart. Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering, and steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. All who are listening, I beg you to settle your account with our Savior now. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. It is a message, Lord, that you wanted shared. And in obedience, Father God, we share this message. Oh, Father God, I pray for the many that are listening, Lord, that lives will be touched, hearts will be changed. And that many, Father God, will come to you, accepting Jesus Christ, truly accepting him, repenting of their old ways, and truly accepting him as Lord and Savior of their lives. Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for his calling on your life. If you are faithful to spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.